It's what you do. It's what you do at the Woodworking Show, which is where we are. We'll be till 3 o'clock. The doors have just opened up. We are in O'Fallon, Illinois, and it's in a place that I imagine most of you know, uh, Gateway Classic Cars. And the main auditorium just opened, and they are piling in. And I haven't gone around the room yet, but there are, like I can see from here, completed items, woodworking tools, McGraw laying on a table. So, uh, yeah, good mood for this. And it's just hilarious that I'm doing the broadcast. This sends me back to, I guess I would imagine that um, the last time I found myself in this uh, position was when I was on FM playing music and they had me broadcasting from a gym. I was, I was at like Planet Fitness and everything. Why am I here? And I was probably at my largest at the time. And now I'm at the woodworking show. And I'm thinking maybe the Pinewood Derby car was the last thing I made when I was a Cub Scout. So that was 50 plus years ago. But uh, enthusiasts, you're going to like this. We're going to have the director. We're going to have some local woodworkers. We're going to talk about wood. And when it's done at 3 o'clock, be like, hey, I know stuff about wood now. Or I know more. Along with that, we will be uh, bringing you a chat with Skyman Bob. I don't know if you knew this, but yesterday a lunar rover landed on the moon. Apparently that's not a big deal anymore. <laughs> we landed on the moon yesterday and nobody noticed. Maybe Max <laughs> noticed. He's on top of everything. Doesn't that seem weird, Max? Well, I don't think it was a manned aircraft. Is that correct? Yeah. It was yeah, just so a, a lunar rover. I feel like if it wasn't a rover, it would be a bigger deal. I mean, it, you are correct. It should be a big deal because we landed on the moon. But I think that the next time humans go there, it'll be a big deal. I mean, they almost treat it like a restaurant opening. We're on the moon again. How are you, by the way? I am doing fantastic. It's a beautiful Friday, and I'm excited yeah. to uh, kick off the weekend by listening to The Woodworking Show. The Woodworking Show, indeed, in Carnival tomorrow night. And oh I believe, I haven't had a chance to look into this, but I believe our auction has dropped. Well, then I want to go there now, and I want to bid on stuff. What is the website, John Carney? Uh, give, I haven't had a chance to look. I'll go. I mean, I know the website, carneyskids.org, okay. but I'll give you a direct link to the auction. But that's no, it's all right. I can I'll find it. I'll need a commercial break. No, nah, I can that. find it. Carneyskids.org. I can find it. John Kionis will be on the broadcast. And you know him from Nightline and some other shows, including one that really makes you think at a time where apparently that's not a popular pastime. What would you do? New season, 16th. So we'll visit John Quiones about that. And, of course, we go sliding into films. And we do that with the help of Mr. Tom O'Keefe and the help of Mr. Maximilian Fuisi, who usually, with his connections to Hollywood, 
gets us a giveaway. Is today an exception? No, we do have a giveaway at uh, 106 today. Instead of Know the Show, we'll just do a Maxim Movies giveaway. Nice. 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 And Luis here is controlling everything. He's working on the technical end of stuff, so I'm sure he didn't expect me to say, can you get me a softer chair? (laughs) And he did. So it's all good. Can I gripe before we start the show? Absolutely. I've had a miserable 24 hours. Miserable. So I'm taking the comics out to dinner tonight. So I had to get my car clean because the boys leave half a cheeseburger in the back seat and I don't see it and it's solidified. So I dropped the car off to get cleaned and there were a lot of stuff on the floor. I wanted to get it out of the way. I put it in the center console and it was a fair amount of stuff, including Tupperware with my leftover gumbo. I'd stuck my iPad in there. So, obviously, I couldn't close the hatch the entire way. Stick with me. This sounds really boring, but it isn't. Uh, I would say the lid's at a 45-degree angle from being closed. They wash my car. I get back in the car. I tip the guy. I look over, and my uh, console's closed. Like, wow, how'd they do that? And I pull on it, and I pull on it, and I pull on it. They jammed it closed with all that stuff on the inside. Couldn't get it open. Had to go to Landoff. They pried it open. Replacing it, $450. And when they did pry it open, there was leftover gumbo in a puddle, my console and my car. And I paid $45 for a car wash, and the car's still dirty. Thank you, Waterway. We're going to have another conversation. I'm sending my wife. I think that's the best call. I mean, is that her right now in the background? No, she's working right now. But enough about me, Max. What have you been doing? Uh, I went to 10th Life Cat Rescue yesterday to volunteer with the cats. And uh, there's a great new kitten there named Howl. I don't know if uh, Howl is named after the Allen Ginsberg. Uh, poem, but um, I but, was thinking Gilligan. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I guess the, the, those are our different points of reference there. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, somebody adopts Hal really soon. He's a great uh, kitten, a, a nice black cat, and uh, it was really tough for me to do my volunteer shift and not bring Howl home. Uh, but yeah, Tenth yeah, Life Cat Rescue, uh, go out there and uh, foster some cats. Indeed, well stated, and I think. Black cats get a bad rap anyway. Absolutely, so. yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's an old superstition, but surprising amount of people do not want black cats, and that's just ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It's the St. Louis, or they don't want a 60-year-old talk show host. Uh, it's the St. Louis Woodworking Show. It's happening now, and it goes through the 25th uh, in the afternoon. We're in O'Fallon, Illinois, Gateway Classic Cars. The address is 1237 Central Park Drive. And we're going to meet some of the folks involved with this place. So stick around. We'll be right back.
There he goes. I uh, put Max to the task and said, how about some wood songs to come in and out with, considering that we are at the Seatless Woodworking Show? And uh, I-, I thought of one, not necessarily song, but a clip from Pinocchio, where Geppetto says something about whittling. And then there's the whole wood as W-O-U-L-D, but still, a little wiggle room. That was, that's what goes on in my head. Uh, St. Louis Woodworking Show. Find more info online at the theWoodworkingShowsPlural.com because they do these all over the country. It's our turn, and it runs for the 25th. One of the, I guess I'll call you vendors, exhibitors, I don't know. I'll just call him Dale. Dale uh, Bernard, how are you? I'm just fine. Thank you. Do you hit, and I looked at the schedule of these uh, woodworking shows, and I would think you could be in a different town every week all year. Do you do that? you go on the road with these things? I do some, only places that are within a day's drive of where my shop is. Right. And you were telling me off the air that not only do you... um, Make custom furniture for people, chairs, dressers, cabinets, whatever. But you have a class that goes for a week. Several classes. Yeah, so I can see why you want to reach out to people that could drive to where in Indiana? Paoli, Indiana. Big shout out. I hear they have a good team this year. Paoli, (laughs) Indiana. And it's a week long. And when I leave that class... Other than splinters, what will I have? You'll have whatever piece of furniture that you made in the class, and you'll take it home with you, and it will be complete. You'll have to sand it some, put the finish on it. But And not all the classes are a week. Some of them are two weeks. Some of them are weekend. Yeah. You know, each class varies, so you have to go to my website and look at what's available. Well, our friend McGraw here at the radio station fancies himself as quite a woodworker uh-huh. and has a shop in his basement, mm-hmm. and I was down there, and there was a lot of equipment. So if someone just wanted to dabble in woodwork, do you have, expect on dropping twenty grand on planers and well, drills? And you could do that, or you could come and use my shop and my equipment. And I have people that don't even have a shop, but they come every year, and they'll build a table or a chair or whatever their project is or whatever they feel like they need. And then they don't have to have all that equipment. Yeah. So uh, that's an advantage for sure. some things. But it's all about the equipment. I mean, you've got to have good good quality table saws, sanding equipment. You know, I've got two table saws, two band saws, two of about everything. And then wow. a wide belt sander, which is... Are you married? Yes. Really? Yeah. How does she feel about this? She loves it. Are you she's, sure? She's probably listening <laughs> Are you, yeah. Are you sure? I'm she has, sure. She hasn't asked you to build a casket or anything, has she? Not yet, but we've built, you know, all my, all the f- furniture in our houses that I built. I built the house, too. That's really cool. So just about everything out of wood that we own, I I built it. That, were you so. handy as a kid? Like, were you doing the Lincoln Logs and the Legos and the... Well, it's hard to remember, but I started working <laughs> for my dad when I was 11 years old. Yeah. He was a trim carpenter, a finish carpenter. Right. So he had four boys and four girls, and when we got to be 
old enough, we started working. So, so I come to the St. Louis Woodworking Show, and I uh, find Dale, and I start asking about this. And I think, you know, I've seen pictures of your work and things. Do you have any samples here? Oh, I have all kinds of samples of furniture that we build in the classes. There's tables, chairs, bar stools. What if I see then, something I loved, but I lived here in St. Louis? Well, you'd have to come to my shop. No, you, you can't know. make it and bring it to me? Oh, I could do that if you All want right. something custom made, sure. Okay. That oh, absolutely. Work. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to reference McGraw a lot because he's the only woodworker other than my wife that I know. Um, he's got a rocking chair that he's immensely proud of mm-hmm. because it doesn't use any hardware. Screws. Oh, yeah. Nails, staples, nothing. It's just the way the the wood is fashioned together, and it's super sturdy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's amazing. It's, you, it's all about the glue and yeah. knowing, knowing how to put, how to join boards together. It's called joinery. So do you do that stuff We do too? that, too, yeah. Some of them have screws, some don't. It depends on the project. This is a wonderful event. So all skill levels for your classes, if people that... Already know some woodworking, still could pick up some things? Oh, certainly. You know, they're, Mm -hmm. yeah, I've got classes for beginners, intermediate, experts. Do you do this all year or is there a season for this? I do it pretty much all year. And I don't full-time teach. I also, you know, work for clients like the guy you said that wanted me to make something for him. Yeah. So I do that in between classes. So that's kind of how it works. And the classes are at your place. How many people are in a class on I'm, average? I'm an unusual school. I only take four yeah. maximum. And your so. wife's happy with you, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you want to see his work, what he does, the classes, first off, you can come here to the St. Louis Woodworking Show. We're in O'Fallon, Illinois. And you can check Dale out in particular at the dash cabinetmaker.com now i'm doing a free class at uh today at at 2 30 of uh doing hand cut inlays how to do that so if they if they want to come to the class they can do that so we're but doing it's going to be here there's a lot of demonstrations here in the show oh. different people right. showing stuff and doing free classes so you know they're short because you know they have to be but Right. Something that you your people want to know about. Oh, that's good news. That's yeah. 2.30 this afternoon, and that is here. And you can meet uh, Dale and, boy, a lot of other guys. We'll uh, talk some more and let you know what's here, and hope you don't miss it. It's the Carney Show out and about our first broadcast from O'Fallon, Illinois. And stumped as to why you don't hear Julie. She took the day off. We'll all be back together on Monday. Quick break. We'll return in mere moments. Oh, I love that song because it usually means right around the corner, Skyman Bob. Um, And as we bring him in, let me also tell you, uh, I found the site. If you go to carneyskids.org, And uh, click on Join the Fun. That will take you directly to the auction, and you can start bidding on our stuff. I'm going to go there now. Which we took to the facility last night, and it's a full-size Kelsey um, 
helmet that's signed. Taylor Swift basket and some other. It's a great, it's a great auction. I'm super excited. So anyway, just wanted to tell you. Sorry, uh, I got distracted. And I hate to leave an astronomer waiting. Hi, Bob. Hi. How are you doing, guys? Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Um, Julie's out today, so it's just us. But boy, a lot going on, and the timing of getting you on the show could not be better because, and I mentioned this to Max at the beginning, yesterday we landed a rover on the moon and and nobody noticed. Right. And it's hard to know what people will think of it. On the one hand, you know, it's we've been there already and there's no human on board. So is this something to get excited about? Uh, some will, some won't, you know. I mean, I, I would think it's a pretty big deal, but it would made like page 12 in the news, which I thought was strange, to say the very least. Yeah, yeah. I think people are looking forward to something like uh, new and more unknown, like maybe the, the surface of Mars. Yesterday or the day before, there was a story that uh, I think it was Russian, a satellite. Uh, that's been out of commission for a while, they think is re-entering the Earth's atmosphere. They know the trajectory. They know the time. They have like a three-hour window that pieces of this thing might fall to the Earth's atmosphere and hit you on the head. And again, nobody paying any attention to that either. Right. Well, you know, low probability... Uh We've only had one person actually hit with an actual fragment of something from space. That was uh, Ann Hodges in 1954. That was in Sylacauga, Alabama. She made Life magazine. Fortunately, yeah. not too seriously hurt. Just uh, a I bet she had a heck of a heck, heck of a lawsuit too that she filed there. Uh, who but would you file it against? Yeah, I don't know. Another planet. Uh, before we get to our other questions, people on the Michael's Best text line already very inquisitive. Please ask Skyman Bob if the moon seems brighter than normal lately. Well, there is uh, uh, some reasoning behind that, uh, that uh, it's around full moon. Uh, well, it's actually not really more like a half moon that's out these nights but uh, uh, the moon is brighter of course when it's full and uh, it gets very bright within three days of full moon so but at this time of year uh, the air is drier in the winter time than it is in the summer you know less humidity and that lets more light through so that could be an explanation so I want to go back to the uh, robotic thingy that landed on the moon yesterday. And it's called Odious, if you're wondering. But it was made and launched by a private company. Are there laws about who can go to another planet and who can't? No, no, there's really no possession of it. Uh, there was a time in the 50s when some companies kind of tongue-in-cheek were selling acres of land on the moon and for a certain amount of money you'd, you'd get it you'd actually get a deed 
entitling you to an acre of land on the moon, and you'd, uh, this was popular as a gift. But of course, it was a it was really a joke since nobody owns any celestial body. Uh, in fact, even the star naming companies, which were still in business, uh, they Rocky Moselle shout out. Yep, yep, Sorry. exactly, exactly right. They, they, they. Uh, They've even been taken to court because uh, only one organization has the right to name anything, and they, they'll they never name it after people. So, oh. Wow, because it's still going on. It's still doing it. I yes, named yes, a star. Something kind of nice and romantic about it. If you have a uh, you know girlfriend, wife, husband, lover, and, and you could point towards the sky and say, their sweetheart is a star that's been named after you. And, uh, I mean, who wouldn't score points with that one? And then they say, it'll be recorded in a book and put under my mattress or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right, back to Mars for a minute. There seems to be ebbs and flows on the conversation about living there. Um, and I think last time we talked about lake sediments that they found on Mars, meaning there was water. And there's a group uh, in Houston that are recruiting people as we speak to spend a year in a simulated atmosphere that would resemble Mars and live there for a year. So this is this is serious stuff. Might we be going well, eventually, certainly, we'll go. Uh, I, I don't know about that company because you could not live in any kind of uh, Martian atmosphere because it's only 1% as thick as Earth. It's, the air is far thinner than the air on top of Mount Everest, so nobody could breathe that. And what little there is is carbon dioxide. It's not even any oxygen there, so it's absolutely not breathable. So uh, anyone who goes to Mars will have to be wearing a spacesuit when they step outside. Oxygen's way overrated. <laughs> but yeah, this—I mean, this is a NASA project, and what they're doing to kind of, um, you know, replicate things. Resource limitation. This is fun for a year. Resource limitations, equipment failures, communication delays. I imagine like we had yesterday, and other environmental stressors as well. So since we sold that hard, keep in mind, the deadline is April 2nd, single mm. file, no pushing. Right, right. And, of course, there's the old issue of compatibility. You're going to be uh, locked in a small place with somebody for a long period of time and uh, hope that there is good testing that you're compatible with them because uh, there's no there's no getting out. MTV did that at one point. It was called The Real Life. Um, also on the text line, when's the eclipse and where can I get glasses? I know a lot of places are planning events around viewing it. So I have forgotten. Remind me, when is this happening? April 8th. It'll be about mid-afternoon. And I uh, just want to stress over and over again that the entire country will be within the path of the eclipse. But for almost everybody, it's going to be a partial eclipse. So online, there are plenty of maps that show where the path of totality is. And uh, can't stress enough that all the glorious stuff, all the amazing things happen only 
for those who are in the path of totality, the sun's corona, that's, that's its magnetic field made visible, and flames, that's what it looks like, pink and red flames coming from the edge of the sun, and all the other things that happen only happen when it's total. So don't imagine that where you are, where it's going to be only partial, uh, I hope people just don't fall for the idea that the draw is just darkness, that... Uh, and if it's going to be 90% eclipse from their backyard, well, that's good enough. 90%, well, that's good enough. That's dark enough. No, 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 no. The draw is the things that happen only in totality. So everybody should uh, be prepared to travel that day if your home isn't already in the path of totality because these are rare. They, they only happen a few times a century for any... What about, uh, what about the... Um what we should use. I mean, I think all of us remember grade school, get a piece of cardboard and putting a pinhole in it. But I yeah, imagine right. we've gotten yeah, well, a could, tad more that. sophisticated. You could, do, you could do that. You could send away for those uh, floppy plastic eclipse glasses. Or you could go to your local welder's supply store and for 2 or $3 buy a, uh, a welder's filter. Just don't get the usual one that welder's use, which are shade 10, that's not strong enough to protect you from the sun's uh, brightness. You need at least a shade uh, 12, 13, or 14. Those are the three good shades, and uh, that, that, that's a good way to see it. But remember, that's only for the partial part of the eclipse. There's about an hour-long partial eclipse, then comes totality for about three minutes, and then another hour where it's partial. So you only need the filter during the partial part of the eclipse, the, the good stuff, that three-minute or three-and-a-half-minute totality, you don't need anything. You can look right at it. In fact, you can even use binoculars safely and look at it that way. I think I'm just going to keep the goggles on. It's all no, the same no, you deal. won't see a thing. With, with the goggles during totality, everything will just look pitch black. You won't see a thing. Ah. So, all right, uh, this, this for a closer going to blow everybody away and i had never even thought about this until i read it uh speaking of mars uh the speed of light is in a vacuum but we can still see things the speed of sound operates completely differently which means since there's no air in mars just like the alien poster says in space no one can hear you scream so if you talk, no one will hear you. Yes. Uh, I've not really done any calculations on it, but because that air, there is some air. As I said, it's only 1% of what it is here on Earth. So I think you're right. I don't think sound would propagate, uh, or you'd have to scream to be heard even as a whisper because the air is so thin. But whether there'd be just enough so that you could make yourself heard, uh, I don't know. It would be tough, tough well, though, because there's almost that's no you. air there. That's your homework assignment. So, All right. I'll work on it. Skyman, you are invaluable. Thanks so much. The books are out. Of course, he gives tours as well. And the website again, Bob? Oh, just look under Bob Berman Tours or Special Interest Tours, and you'll see what's coming up. Yep. We'll do it. I want to go somewhere with you, and sometime soon. Thanks so much for the time, Skyman. My pleasure. Thanks. There has been, ladies and gentlemen, a McGraw-Millhaven sighting at the Woodworking Show. So if you're kind of on the fence of, eh, should I go, should I not go, meet McGraw-Millhaven in person. 
Wow. Quick break. We'll come back. Talk to the man himself. Just a moment. Thanks for coming back. St. Louis Woodworking Show happening now in O'Fallon, Illinois. And it'll run today until 6. Tomorrow, ah, Norwegian, but 10 to 6 tomorrow. And then Sunday you'll have a third and final opportunity from 10 to 3 to come check this out. A lot of curious people, a lot of woodworkers, professional and otherwise, being about. We met Dale a little while ago who actually teaches classes. So if this is something you want to get into, you can. Uh, from here, they move this to Tampa, Florida, March 8th. But for now, we are parked here at Gateway Classic Cars. And as expected, McGraw-Millhaven is uh, here and is signing autographs right now. McGraw, this is your window, so if you want to spend it ignoring me, that's fine, too. I didn't know you were on the air. Yeah, well, this is what I do for a living. So, what's car? Are you just going to stay here all weekend? Well, I have a, I have a cot in the back. I think, and you probably built it, didn't you? I'm sleeping on a table saw. I heard that on the way in. <laughs> yeah, it could be. So, I, I didn't realize this is a thing. This is like following the Grateful Dead around. <laughs> They they do, what do this you mean, in the woodworking shows. Yeah, they do yeah. it in all the cities, and they so, just go from so, show to show. So here's the story. So this this year, they haven't had one in the last couple of years because of COVID. Oh yeah. And um, I called them up this year in January, and I was like, "Hey, Bryce, are you guys doing anything this year?" And he's like, "We we, we can't find a venue." That so they had the weekend scheduled, but they needed a venue, and so I sort of. Went on the air. I was like, hey, we need a venue. Anybody got a venue? Anybody got 30,000 square feet? Ken from Gateway Classic Car was listening and called him up and said, hey, I can help him out. So all the vendors go from, you know, that. like a place to place. And so the vendors were scheduled to, to come to St. Louis. They, they just didn't know where. It, and so here we are. It doesn't get more organic than that. Right? And so, so we sort of, you know, helped him out, get the word out. And, you know, it's been open a couple, you know couple hours, but it's a great, great crowd. As soon as the doors opened, people were just piling in. Yeah. And I got to tell you, the one thing that surprised me was kind of figured every single person here would be in flannel. You want to go to a camp? You want to go to woodworking camp with me? In Indiana with Dale? I actually might have gone to that one. Really? Yeah, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't remember what the name of it was, but it was in Indiana. It was in the same town as DePauw, Indiana. I bet it was the same guy. Um, and that was the one where you guys all made fun of me for going to, to woodworking camp. McGraw, we're always making fun of you. Yeah, but, but for that reason, it was going to woodworking camp. Ah. And that was the Bodar Morris chair that I built. Yeah, and With I the mentioned. The steam-bended Bodar Morris chair. And I mentioned that chair you had that doesn't have any nails in it that you're so. Yeah, I didn't make that one. It. Somebody else made that right. one. Yeah. So anything here surprising to you? Like, I didn't even. I need one of those. I didn't even know they made those. Well the, fir- well, the first thing I did was come in and see you. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, I saw you walking around talking to well, people. Well, no, I was waiting for you to finish your commercial. I was waiting no, for I- you. No, I'm here to see Tommy Mack, who's a friend. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Mack was on Rough Cut. After Norm left uh, New Yankee Workshop, Tommy Mack took over for him and Rough Cut. That was the um, PBS show I was on. 
Is and, there any truth to the rumor that Bob Vila can't fix a thing? No. Bob Vila was a uh, builder. And so he, he sort of got the job because he was a builder. And then did it for a couple of years. And then they got Steve Thomas, who quit and, like, never to be heard from again. And this new guy, Kevin O'Connor. Yeah. Nicest guy in the world. Ni- but he was a banker. Right. You know how much I wanted to be a banker. So no. to host a woodworking show, you don't want to get into broad, you can become a banker. Did you want to be a banker? No, I wanted to host a woodworking show. I figured the best way to do that was to get into broadcasting. But apparently, as being a ba- he was a banker, and he sent away to be on Ask This Old House. And the story he told me was he asked about crown molding. Do you have a PowerPoint for this? This man who takes 10 minutes to tell me he didn't like his car wash. Okay? <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Okay. So he, he writes in because he wants to do crown molding. And they... They get to him, and they're like, well, we, we, we've already done crown molding segments. How about wallpaper segments? So him and his wife are like, okay, we'll, we'll do a wallpaper segment. So they do the wallpaper segment. They get done. They go back. It airs. Steve Thomas says, I'm quitting. And um, Bob, uh, Bob Morass, who's the head of all this, was like, you know, that guy Kevin could be a great host. Called him up and said, do you have any interest? And said, sure. And that's how he became the host of the show. Wow. Right place, right time. Yeah. It's really what it is. Yeah. Judge so, Roberts. I haven't made it around the room yet. I guess you haven't either. No, but, I just got here, but I'm, I, I'm very offended. You're offended? That uh, you didn't mention that I helped your son build a Pinewood Derby in which he won the award. I mentioned it yesterday. Oh, okay. All right. I mentioned it yesterday. That was great. That was great. It went it didn't go anywhere, but it won yeah. Best Design. Best Design. It was a hot dog. It was a hot dog. And, you know, I imagine to a lot of people that was a great father-son bonding moment. I think I dropped him off. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great bonding moment for me and your yeah. son. Go play with Uncle McGraw. So he, drops off, he drops off the kid. He's like, I want to make this hot dog. I was like, I have no idea <laughs> how to make I was like, let's just sort of wing it. And we winged it. And, I mean, I made him. No, I obviously under supervision, but oh, I made him cut and sand and do this and do that, and it actually you, turned out pretty good. Are you doing a project now? You know, since Little Emerson came along, it's not as easy to get into the uh, workshop as. <laughs> yeah. You might find this hard to believe, but kids take up quite a bit of your time. What? Yeah. And that doesn't stop when they get older. Oh, really? Oh no, oh. she's gonna play field hockey. You can be a cheerleader. I can't just drop her off at your house. No. No. <laughs> Uh, no, I just, um, so I, I got some new ideas. I mean, you always you have more ideas um, than you have time. But um, I, there's that Shaper Origin I want to buy. Don't uh, know what that means, which but is, you uh, should. Get two. It's, it's $2,500. Yeah, get two. Uh, I've been looking at it. Oh, man, it is so delicious. You probably use Julie's. Uh, Julie does not have one. Though, I will, uh, um, uh, but I got the table saw that doesn't cut your, your finger off, the saw, the saw stop. That's a Important. Go, if you're here, go see them demo that. I am here. You're looking at me. Because they'll take a hot dog and they'll run the hot dog over the over the blade. They'll take a hot dog. Because? Because it representing your finger. Oh. And they'll say, look, and they'll run it through the blade, and it will not cut your finger. Well, if they trust it that much, why doesn't somebody just use their finger? Uh, they have done that, but you can do it on the... 
I don't. I wouldn't. Is it the it. nine finger guy over there? The, no, it's the, it? no. I've got one, and it. I've, thank goodness, <laughs> knock on wood, it, it, it has never gone off. But it's some pretty insane technology. So, truth, are you going to come back this weekend? Oh yes. Like every day. Yeah, tomorrow night. I got yeah. nothing going on tomorrow night. I'm going to come out here all day tomorrow. I figured. John, surprised how cool the classic car place is. Are the vendors set up next to the cars or a separate area? We're in a separate area. Yeah, but you have it's to walk through the cars. Just separated by a wall. Yeah. You know, a lot to see. And I met the director briefly of uh, Gateway Classic Cars. Um, and what are we going to do? Tom O'Keefe's coming up later. John Keones from ABC is going to be on the show to talk about his career for someone listening and is completely enticed now by woodworking where would one start if they've done nothing before with wood um i would probably buy one tool like what i would probably buy a chop saw and or a drill uh, I don't know what a chop saw. Yeah, you do. It's a miter. It's a big, you know. Uh, oh, miter saw. Well, yeah, miter saw. Miter saw. Chop saw. I uh, have one. I've never used it, but I have one. Um, you know, a table saw is a really big investment, and oddly enough, you can buy a lot of the wood at the home improvement sh- stores already, yeah. kind of ripped down. So, and if you if you need them in different lengths, you can get them cut at the home improvement stores, right? If you need, you know, like. 10 inches wide or whatever, if you can't find it on the shelf, if it's, you know, red oak or pine or something, poplar, you can go and get it cut there. And then, you know, the first thing I did was I made a, um, I made, I bought a router and I made a Adirondack chair. And I had, I bought, (coughs) I bought the, excuse me, I bought the, um, uh, the uh, uh, plants for it. Right. And I cut the wood. And I used the router, and I made it. And I screwed it all together and the whole thing. And I had a, bought a hand sander and a screw, a screwdriver, you know, a, a, a power, yeah. whatever, and a chop saw. And I, and I made a, a um, chair, and I was hooked. You have to use plans? I mean, if you want to build a chair, can you just start building a chair? Or do you have to draw it out and figure this has well, to be Well, I mean, you can do anything you want. You're asking me what I do? I draw everything out. Before I build anything. Yeah. I, it's just, uh, it's not, I don't do it in a way in which, you know, this has to be three inches, this has to be two inches. I just sort of how I want it to look. And then I kind of go from there. Like when I built my bar in my basement. Um, it was very cool. That was a cool, that was a cool bar. Um, I drew it. I drew it. I just, you know, doodled it kind of, and kind of what I wanted. And then from there, then I just sort of looked at those plans and said I had it in my head, but I I had to draw it out. But then you got to figure dimensions and all that. Well, stuff. Well, right, but but then you're there and you're like, okay, well, I want you know I want the back bar to be ten inches. You know, I have the cabinets that is fourteen inches. Right. I want you know ten inches to walk behind. I want the this here. So you kind of you kind of just sort of sort of like back timing in radio. You want the music to end at fifty nine fifty. Don't let, let music, me start it at fifty six. Music radio, I get PTSD. <laughs> There is a seminar going on right now with a bunch of people, and I don't know what he's teaching, but there are a bunch of seminars. 
going on throughout the weekend. I'll see if I can't get my hands on the schedule. I love those tell guys. Tell you about that. And you'll see McGraw. He's pretty much going to be here. I love those guys. All weekend. We're here till 3 o'clock. Thanks for stopping by, buddy. I'm here. I'm here. I'm out. I'm Late. A, Anything can, going on tomorrow? Just the woodworking show? Oh, that, tomorrow that's night? That's it. That's tomorrow it. Night. A yeah. little party. But it's sold out. Sorry, buddy. You could do the auction online. KTRS St. Louis. Hey, welcome back to the broadcast. Hour number two and hour number two out of the studio. As we are at the St. Louis Woodworking Show, which goes all weekend featuring McGraw. That's the highlight. Um, but lots to do. And I'll, um, I'll break it down for the next couple of hours as I had a chance to walk around and... We're stunned. I don't do any woodworking stuff. I'm just not handy that way. My wife has texted me twice and said she wants to go to that school in Indiana. Uh, and I just pretended like I didn't see the text. Um, anyway, we're they're having this event here at Gateway Classic Cars. And McGraw uh, told the story on the air uh, way too long in my estimation, but whatever. Um, about how this came to pass and um, getting it here. This whole woodworking group had uh, nowhere to go. And uh, McGraw, Lee took credit for it anyway, for getting uh, everybody here at Gateway Classic Cars. And the marketing director from Gateway, uh, Ken Dustman, is here now. And this has got to be nice. Oh, John, this is amazing. We are so happy to have this expo. Uh, you know, there were circumstances, and McGraw was absolutely uh, uh, vital in oh, helping don't, connect. Don't no, say he that. was. Don't, I, don't say that. I won't tell him. Yeah, all right. Just all between right. you and me, nobody okay. else. That's good. Uh, so uh, this is our corporate headquarters. We have 21 showrooms around the country, and uh, this facility here, we're also an event venue and a museum. We do a lot of uh, private and public events like yeah. weddings and concerts. And and so we had the space to to accommodate the, right. the woodworking. Uh, Bryce and I got on the phone and we, we measured out a lot of stuff and made sure you know, we were going to be able to help uh, help host the, this area. So outside of this main area that you and I are in now, there's an, an exposition uh, area. It's where the cars are, right? Uh, just just off to the side from where the cars are. But any given day where I'm sitting now, would there be classic cars? So typically back here we wouldn't we wouldn't necessarily keep uh, a lot of inventory. We made stage cars here that are either uh, they've already found their new home and they're waiting for transport or if we're working on the photos and the videos before we put them on the floor and uh, publish them online uh, so this is a great little transition area for that however for example last week we were the host for the empty bowl soup luncheon which is put on by the o'fallon women's council yeah. all the proceeds to that uh, all go to help the o'fallon shiloh food pantry and we had somewhere between 800 and a thousand people come out and take part in that and uh, raised a lot of money for the food pantry and it was a great event so doing things like this and i'd say there's probably five six hundred people in here now and this goes all weekend does this disrupt your business in any way with, with the with the cars and the car museum uh, absolutely not uh you know there's a lot of overlap between you know our audience and the audience that are here for the woodworking show uh, we love having people come out, if nothing else, to walk down memory lane, see uh, 
a lot of different changes and developments through the automotive era. Uh, on the last Saturday of every month, we have our version of Cars and Coffee, and we call it Caffeine and Chrome. It's open to the public. We invite anybody with a classic car to come down, show it off, and be part of the fun. We're handling uh, the donuts and coffee, and it's a very, very uh, exciting event. We've got a great uh, community that comes out to see the cars, not just ours, but, yeah. of course, what's still out in the community. Uh, whether you're an enthusiast, a collector, car club, uh, you know, that's really the place to be. And that's on the last Saturday of every month yeah. between 9 and noon. What is your website if people want to see, like, the cars that you have out here and special events? Uh, absolutely. You can go to gatewayclassiccars.com. We have 21 nations around, uh, 21 showrooms around the nation, and we've got a little over 4,000 cars in our current inventory. And you, as the marketing director, have use uh, the ability to take any of them home for the weekend? No. Well, you need a new contract. Well, I have my own. I have a 1980 Mercedes 450 SL that I that I drive uh, on the weekends yeah. and enjoy with my family. However, uh, you know, a lot of the coolest cars, I'm not a petite flower, so I may not necessarily be able to fit in them very well. Johnny Londoff has some beautiful uh, Corvettes, and I always tease him saying, come on, let me take one for the weekend. And truth be told, the jaws of life would have to remove me from that vehicle. There's no way. And I'm, I'm just 6'1", but I'm shrinking. I'm only about 5'11 now. There are pictures floating around of me uh, getting into a 32 uh, rat rod out of my Louisville showroom. Yeah. And all you could see were my elbows and knees. Yeah. And <laughs> I would not let them film me getting out of it. It was, it, it was a tight squeeze nonetheless. Turn the cameras off. Turn the cameras off. Well, very cool. Thanks for lending the space. I know a lot of woodworkers appreciate it. Oh. COVID knocked us out for a little while, mm-hmm. and not having a venue and a place to go this year was a problem until you guys stepped up. GatewayClassicCars.com to see what they're all about, and the woodworking show going on all this weekend. And Ken Dustman filling us in, marketing director for uh, the Classic Cars. Hey, thanks so much for the time. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks a lot, John. Appreciate the education. Um, we got to take a quick break. Uh, Max has a giveaway. We're going to give away some movies or something. I forgot what he said. He said something, and it was very interesting and valuable. Just trust me on that. So come by and see that. And why not come out to St. Charles over the weekend, too, back on the other side of the river. ton of stuff happening, not just our carnival Saturday night at Ameristar, which I'm sorry but happy to say we're sold out. But lots of other things to do. I mean, you got the casino right there. You got all the restaurants in the streets of St. Charles, Chicken and Pickle just uh, flinging open their doors no more than a couple of weeks ago. And uh, shopping, awesome. Antiques, new stuff. There's a massage lux. There's a movie theater over there at the streets. One of those churrascos, you know, where they walk around with meat on a stick. And just keep slicing it for you until you fall out of your chair. We are a gluttonous society. That is the epicenter. So come on out, St. Charles. Look at the calendar, too, and don't miss any special events. That can be found at Discover 
stcharles.com. Quick break. We'll be back. It's 1.15. We are at the Woodworking Show in O'Fallon, Illinois. All right, back in O'Fallon, Illinois, for the St. Louis Woodworking Show. It is here for the weekend, and on the text line, someone was asking if uh, there's a cost to get in. So I went to the website. Tickets are $14, um, and access to all three days, and the seminars are included in your ticket price as well. So it's today until 6, tomorrow 10 to 6, Sunday 10 to 3. Several opportunities to get by, and if you would work, do it. I didn't realize pens, P-E-N-S, pens were such a big deal here. Apparently, the seminar that's actually going on now, the guy is woodworking, making pens with like beautiful metal inlays and a lot of these other vendors have all kinds of pens. So, I mean, there's kids' toys made of wood, of course. It's uh, pretty wild. And for someone who knows nothing of woodworking, I am uh, I am wildly amused. Max, I bet you wish you were here. Uh, well, of course, because I would get to hang out with Luis Noya and John Francis Carney. And McGraw-Millhaven. Yeah, he he's vanished, but I'm sure he's taken in a seminar or buying some drill thingy. You know the uh, the um, Michael's Bath text line eight four one two six says that Carney should send his wife to a week long class because then you get a break for a week. Uh, one of us gets a break for a week, for sure. <laughs> I I love people looking out for me. Um, all right, we got Tom O'Keefe coming up. So to kind of get you in the movie mood, if you will, Maximilian, I don't know how he does it. He manages to land something film-related or book-related that in turn, he doesn't take home. No, he could take it home and put it in his vast collection. But no, he wants to give it to you. So let's find out. What's in store today? Well, I can tell you how I do it. I have a, a pretty successful show called Max on Movies that airs here on the oh, Big 550 KTRS every weekend. And because of that, the uh, the movie studios have taken notice and they said, you need some giveaways? And I say, well, yes, I do. Paramount Pictures. Yes, I do. Universal. Why not, Sony? Uh, and so, as, as a matter of fact, this week was supposed to be a free movie giveaway for something called Air Force One Down with Catherine McNamara. And we were all set to do it. Then they had a problem with the codes. And I think next week we're going to be giving away digital copies of the new Mean Girls musical. So that's going to be really fun. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but because we had that uh, snafu with Air Force One Down, I thought, well, what do I have that I can still give away? Now, we've done this. We've done this recently. And so if, you, if you're listening and you already have a copy of this, I'm sorry. We'll just have to wait a week. But if you don't, I have yet another chance for you to win a digital copy of Paw Patrol, the Mighty Movie. Now, what I have not done is given you a synopsis, John Carney. So let me do this and see if it makes sense to any of our audience. The Paw Patrol pups magically gain superpowers after a meteor strikes Adventure City. 
However, things take a turn for the worse when Humdinger and a mad scientist steal their powers and turn themselves into supervillains. I have no idea what I'm saying right now. As the team springs into action to save the city, Sky soon learns that even the smallest pup can make the biggest difference. Now, Sky is voiced by McKenna Grace, who's been on the Max and Movie Show a couple of times. She's wonderful. Also in the voice cast, Taraji P. Henson. And yes, Kim Kardashian, which means I probably need to give a copy of this to Julie Buck. To win your copy of Paw Patrol the Mighty Movie, all you have to do is text in your email address to 84126, and I will randomly select 10 of you. And it's based on a true story. I believe so. (laughs) So text in now. Did you manage to uh, cobble those two tunes I was talking about? Yeah, I've got them ready to go. You want me to bump in with one of them? Yeah, yeah, one okay. and then the other one, yeah, and then I'll explain why. Great. And the other one, good sir. Nineteen seventy-eight. This was rock and roll's finest hour. Finest hour. Barbara Streisand's "The Stars Born" and Debbie Boone. You light up my life. Why on earth did we play them? Because you love well, soft rock. That, that's a little softer than uh, I'd hoped for. It was on this date in nineteen seventy-eight. During the Grammys, they couldn't pick the best song. So they gave it to both of them. Barbara Streisand with the love theme from A Star is Born and You Light Up My Life from Debbie Boone. Best song of the year. What were we on in 1978? Well, I think we know the answer to that question. And I also want to point out that we are playing a lot of wood songs for uh, bumper music like Knock on Wood. I played David Bowie's version of that in Norwegian Wood. By the Beatles, and uh, Josh popped in the studio and said, he, he's on the Heidi and Josh show, which will be on at 3 o'clock. Uh, he said, hey, Connor has a request. Can you play the impression that I get by the Mighty Mighty Boston's? Because they say never had to knock on wood. So I did at the beginning of this segment. I played that Boston song. But then Josh left me with something that I can't get out of my head. He said he used to play that all the time when he was younger because he was really into ska. And... I think about this because you said, what were we thinking in 1978? And I feel like, what were people thinking in the early 2000s when Ska came back? You know, I don't know. I kind of like Ska music. Oh, but no. it, did, it It has, you like pirate shanties. True. Don't cast aspersions. Oh, I will cast as many aspersions as possible. <laughs> so I just glanced off to my right, and someone's got like a Darth Vader helmet on. And they're soldering or s- who knows. I mean, there's so many things going on here at the woodworking show. If I had five hours, I couldn't tell you. And the pen guy is still doing the same seminar. But they got a bunch of them planned. So uh, I'll find myself a schedule and share it with you, the what's and when's. Or you can also go to um, their site, see the uh, full schedule of events. The 
woodworkingshows.com. And like I said, during the break, I had a chance to walk around a little bit. Other than all the pens, and I've actually been in the market for this, there's a lot of pepper grinders that look really cool. So I'm leaving with a pepper grinder, I'm pretty sure. But kids' toys made of wood and etched wood, too. And I grabbed the guy's uh, card. It's uh, the guy is selling routers so you could do this thing. And it's very hard to describe. It's like a sketch, like a pencil sketch, but it's actually carved into the wood and very detailed. Uh, and some of them are like three-dimensional if it's a, a person in the setting. Maybe the man comes out about a half inch from the plaque part of him. I mean, it's it's super cool. Um, so I'm still investigating some nice uh, um, driftwood that you could buy to get for some projects. And, of course, other side of this wall... They got all the cars that Gateway Classic Cars have. So a trip to O'Fallon might not be a bad idea this weekend. Uh, Speaking of the weekend, Carnival, Saturday night. We'll be gearing up for that. Adam Ferrara and comedian Mike Feeney in to entertain our 15 restaurants, setting up shop. And the night's events, festivities, Will be hosted by, he's already been mentioned, Mr. Jones. I beg your pardon? He, uh, he, That's all Scott yeah. lingo, you know. He's been so cute, like for the last couple of weeks, saying, Hey, I've written a couple gags. Do you think I can do this? I could do. So he's pretty excited. I think he's going to do a great job. He's going to keep things running. I, I realized several years ago, I just don't have time to make the announcements because. I'm running around thanking everybody for being there. I don't get to sit down. But don't cry for me, Ike and Tina. I get the food before we open the doors. Uh, speaking of foods, one of them, Sugar Fire Smokehouse, one of our restaurants, back again. And, yes, I asked them to please, please, please do the brisket sliders. They're doing it. Always a popular spot. But Nudo House. Piccadilly at Manhattan, Delhi Divine in University City, Pappy's, Bella Milano from over here in Illinois, the Pasta House. I mean, there's a restaurant every 10 feet, and they're all doing tastes for you, and then the comics, of course, and the open bar. But again, if you don't have tickets, I can't, I can't help you. Sold out. Uh, but it's good. I can't wait to tell you how much money we made. 35 kids' charities at last check that uh, we assist. And it makes me and our board incredibly proud. So thank you for the support. Uh, more from the show coming up. We'll find us another woodworker, probably in flannel. In just a couple of minutes, Tom O'Keefe, too, coming back to join us as well. So, quick break. We'll meet you right back here in just a couple of minutes, or better yet, come visit us in O'Fallon, Illinois, at the Woodworking Show. 
You back for more? Fantastic. Hopefully you listen to everything during those commercial breaks because, you know, the money they spend puts uh, gas in the car so we can drive to the radio station or O'Fallon and do our best to entertain you. Um, it is one thirty-seven, and we move to movies. Tom O'Keefe from Real Spoilers and the Family Arena and just an all-around terrific guy. Hiya, Tommy. Hello. You're in a remarkably good mood. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> there we go. That's what I expected. <laughs> sorry to let you down, pal. All right, back at it. We've had a little conversation about the film you saw, as Maxie has already taken it in. But as I kick back and listen, I can only hope you hated this. <laughs> well, it's going to be difficult to top Madam Web, I'll tell you that. Uh, we might just do that review again. Oh, there was enough bad stuff in that movie that I think I could... I could do it again without repeating any complaints. I'm thinking about getting a Madam Web tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> That's how much I loved that awful, <laughs> awful movie. You remember when they did Anchorman? And, or yeah. maybe it was the second Anchorman, okay. where they like did another version of it with all different jokes. All different jokes. jokes, yeah. And it's like, I could do a review of Madam Web like that, where it's like I could have all different complaints. <laughs> Um, Hasn't she come uh, come out and apologized for the movie? I mean, she fired her agents. She fired her agents when the trailer dropped. I saw an Onion headline the other day that says, Dakota Johnson hopes she doesn't get asked any Madam Web questions at Madam, Madam Web press conference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and why would they? Yeah. So this one is anyone but you... Of which I know nothing. Sure. So this is a kind of a fascinating little backstory to this film in so much as this movie uh, got released the, what, like four days before Christmas, something like that. And uh, and that's like when the hype machine is in full tilt boogie for all the Oscar bait that's coming out. That's when you're hearing about, what, Killers of the Flower Moon and... And uh, um, I don't know what a maestro and all that stuff, right? And um, and this movie kind of came out and in opening week made like two million dollars, but then it made like another two million dollars, and then another two, and it just kept making money. So by the end of its run, it ended up making like uh, I think like eighty five million dollars domestically, and it made another worldwide it ended up taking in like 190 million dollars and it's this little rom-com that just kind of kept chugging along everybody thought oh they'll pull it out in two weeks and throw it on vod and it just never happened and so um it is finally available on vod it came out i think the day after i think like the day after valentine's day maybe um yeah and so it stars sydney sweeney and uh, who you who was in last week's Madam Web? She was also in Euphoria. She was in the first season of White Lotus. She's uh, been in quite a few things over. Next the years. week, she hosts SNL. Yeah, she's definitely having a moment. And really, I think the SNL thing is driven by the success of of this film. Um, and so it's written and directed by Will Gluck, who did uh, a really wonderful movie with uh, with uh, Emily. I'm blanking, uh, but called Easy A. And oh yeah, uh, Emma, 
Emma Stone. Emma Stone. There yeah. we go. Uh, and so, Easy A is great. It's so good. And it's similar to this in so much as Easy A is a retelling of a classic piece of literature. It's a modern take on The Scarlet Letter by Nathaniel Hawthorne. When that's the A. Right. And so uh, in this. But you. In, in Anything But You, we're doing Much Ado About Nothing by William Shakespeare. I've heard of him, and I was telling Carney and Buck earlier this week uh, about this movie that Glenn Powell, who is our male lead, Mm -hmm. has incredible teeth. (laughs) Do you think they're real? Which is important in Hollywood. I wonder if they're real. So I have a thing about teeth lately in that I've started to You don't hear that sentence very much. (laughs) I've started to notice that like so many people get veneers. Like if you start looking at at actors' Uh teeth, and you really, you really see it more in reality shows. They all have the same teeth. I noticed his teeth in Top Gun. He was in Top Gun Maverick. Right, right. He, he was like the, the young hotshot right. that wasn't Miles Teller. And I just, <laughs> but I was transfixed by his smile. Yeah. And we, we got somebody on the text line earlier this week that said that like four years ago, he was in a bit part in a go nowhere, nobody saw it movie, and his smile was out of control. <laughs> so this is kind of his thing. And then Sidney Sweeney uh, is, as you say, kind of having a moment right now. Their chemistry is so off the charts in this movie that I was telling Carney and Buck, if this was 1930s RKO, they would have signed them to a six-picture deal. Yeah, probably. And, and not sequels to this, just but more movies. Just keep together. making more movies, yeah. yeah. And so— uh, Can per- I get back to the teeth for a second? Sure. You know, George Washington had wooden teeth, and you could probably make some with some of the tools that are available here at the woodworking <laughs> show. In O'Fallon, Illinois, where we are. Okay, go ahead. Well done. Well done. Just seemed like a moment to yes, have a moment. Yes, it was. So the premise... Since you're, sorry, one more interruption. Sure. Because you're such a teeth freak, next time you see a movie with Kevin Klein, tell me those aren't chiclets. <laughs> it is so distracting. His teeth are tiny. Please continue. Okay. So the the premise here is uh, that they're at a destination wedding in Australia, and they're both friends of the other side, and they had gone on a date that started off great and then through wacky miscommunication ended poorly, and so now they hate each other, and they're kind of ruining the weekend, so the friends conspire to make them fall in love so they will calm the hell down. And um, ah. so it's very high concept. It's very aware of its high concept. It's also very aware of its Shakespeare pedigree. And so there's lots of like really cute references to Shakespeare as the thing progresses. And um, like this was just a really fun trifle of a movie, the kind of romantic comedy that really is a throwback to to the the oh, top tier, the top tier uh, romantic comedies of the 90s. I had no interest in seeing this Same. movie, and and I actually saw something called the Valentine Encore. I guess it's got it's got extra I, footage. It has a gag reel at the end. That's oh, it. It's okay. just like Smokey and the Bandit at the right. end. You know? But I but I I was I was curious about this the sort of groundswell the word of mouth story behind yeah. this. This was almost on VOD, and they put it in theaters as a lark. Yeah, and the audiences were so starved for the, this kind of movie. I had the best time. I I I didn't I didn't like it quite as much as you did. Overall, I liked it. The thing I didn't like is I didn't think Sydney Sweeney was all that good. I I feel like she does one thing and she does it intermittently well. I think that she has some talents. 
yeah, that's one thing. I mean, she is uh, not unattractive, and the filmmakers know that. And but I felt a lot of her line readings were very flat. I, 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 I felt like there were lots of jokes in this movie that she left on the table with a substandard line reading. Wow! And that and that it's saved at the end of the day by Glenn Powell and Just by. Keep- and by the strength of the script, it's a very it's a very smart, cute script, and it works in spite of her, not because of her. And I'm just like, wow. if they had cast a better actress, and I get that she's super attractive and she's having a moment, but she can't be the only attractive actress in Hollywood. Who they should, would you have cast? I have no idea. Who is around her age? Yeah, I don't, because I'm not going to lie, like, I don't know enough about about actors and actresses that are at this stage of their career to be like, here's the one you should use. That's part of it, because I think that uh, 20 years ago, Anne Hathaway could have killed For this. sure. And Absolutely. she's done Shakespeare-type stuff. Yeah. but I So don't... you didn't hate this thing? I didn't. Oh, man. And it was made in a lab for me to hate it. So, yeah. so like, if you've seen a trailer for this... Same and you, with me. I, and, I, yeah, I... and you think you might like it, you're probably going to love it. And my big question is, Max had uh, uttered just a couple moments ago, he had a really good time. And my thought was, I don't think I'd be able to tell. Anyway, just an observation. <laughs> That's all. That's all. I'm so, rather uh, exuberant, young man. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't know, with Julie not here, what to ask you as far as a rating goes. How many chicklets? How- <laughs> well, it's down under how many dingoes. I would give would this, give this I would give this 3. Or how many babies were eaten by the dingoes? Uh 2 and a half. And so Max, the description of this movie. Yeah. Was that yours or was that uh cut and paste directly from I don't know, something. Yeah, I always, uh, those synopsis that I give you for the cheat sheet, this is behind the curtain here for the audience, those yeah. are all cut and paste. I just type in anyone but you synopsis, and then that pops up, and then I just put it on a sheet for you. So, no, I did not editorialize that. Well, no, because here's why I ask. In okay. the middle, in the description, it says, when they unexpectedly find themselves at a destination wedding in Australia, how could one accidentally end up at a wedding in Australia. I think the unexpectedly is that both of them knew they were going to a destination wedding. The unexpected part was neither of them knew the other one was going to be there. Oh. It is inartfully uh, worded, yes. I will grant I'm a little you. slow. Yeah. I'm slow. What are you doing on, uh, I assume, real spoilers tackling this one, right? No, we are not. We are going to tackle uh, a movie called Drive-By Dolls, which I was not able to get to because of work stuff. So yeah. what happens when you have to record that? Do you just ask questions? No, I'll go see it. Oh, you'll go see I'll it. I'll go oh, see okay. it. I'm going to go see it tomorrow. And okay. then it's just I didn't have a way to see it. That That's probably the quote-unquote big movie of the week, and it's not very, but... Um, uh, but I didn't have time to see it before we recorded, so I circled back around and tackled this one so we would have something to discuss. Well, you know, I have to echo Tom here and agree with him yet again that I also <laughs> thought I would hate this movie. And I kind of went to see it because I was I thought it was neat that it had made so much money being not a superhero film. Or right. And I said, fine, I'll get some popcorn and go see it and kind of be able to trash it on Carney's show and everybody will be happy. And I was like, this is delightful. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, oh, we don't have room for delightful. Come on, <laughs> what are you going to do next week? Uh, what is the big movie next I week? Don't know if there is one. Uh, yeah, 
I'm probably going to be circling back to like Mean Girls the Musical and right. stuff like uh, the Bob Marley film. Maybe there's nothing really huge, I don't think, coming up. Maybe well, Dune Part will Two. Will you just go? That, s- no, that's you- March first. Oh it, yeah, yeah. You're right. Will you just go see the Spider Chick thing again? <laughs> it could certainly use the box office receipts. That's for sure. That's the official name, the Spider Chick thing. <laughs> Tommy, thank you much. Have a good weekend. Thank you. You too. Oh, yes. What's happening at the uh, Family Arena? Um, we have an ambush game this weekend, and there's actually uh, it's like a, a twofer, so you can see the game, the regular game versus the Milwaukee Wave, and then you can also stick around to see a soccer game that uh, benefits backstoppers. Beautiful. Yeah. All right, and that is when tomorrow, Sunday. It's the twenty fifth. Okay. Look forward to it. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you. It is one fifty. We are in. O'Fallon, Illinois. It is the Woodworking Show. And this goes all around the country. So the stop is here until Sunday. Lots of opportunities to sit in on seminars, buy some new equipment, meet McGraw, thewoodworkingshows.com for more. And we'll meet one of those woodworkers coming up in just a bit. It's the Carney Show for a Friday on KTRS. Now I turn All right, we're going to break for news here in a few minutes. But before we do, I thought you might want to meet our host. Uh, You met the folks from um, Classic Cars, but you haven't met uh, people from the Woodworking Show. Bryce Bierman, so are you the director, the president, the idea guy? I get that question a lot. And really what I am is the promoter for the show. And a promoter, what they do is they're pretty much the production end of the show. Yeah. So we come in and all this equipment that you see, obviously your radio listeners can't see it all. Sure but all the can. drapes, the pipes, the chairs, the tables, they're, right. all, they're all mine. I own them. <laughs> oh, so do you produce other kinds of shows? I like- don't. I wish I did because it would probably help with revenue generation. But right now I, I just put on the woodworking shows, and this year we're doing 11 cities. Uh, and obviously, let's see, we've done eight before this show. We're on our ninth, so we've got three more, or we've got two more to go. So this will be all weekend. You close up shop 3 o'clock Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. When do you open the doors and where? It's Orlando, right? We're in Tampa, Tampa. We're taking a break in between right. this show and Tampa, which will be nice. I think everybody at this point is a little burnt out. It is, it is quite a grind. Yeah. So we'll be taking a break next weekend, and then the following weekend we'll be in Tampa. We'll be at the Florida State Fairgrounds there. But normally when you're in full swing, how long between the closing of a show and the opening of a show in another city? So we actually go from Sunday night. We'll, we'll usually be out of a venue at about 12 a.m., and we move, we roll on to the next site, and we're already setting that site up on the next Wednesday. So we rolled out of Milwaukee, and our truck drivers got here on Monday, took a look at the facility, and then Wednesday they came back and started setting this thing up. How many vehicles do you need to haul all this stuff? So we have two dedicated 53-foot tractor trailers on the road, yeah. and we also have an additional trailer that gets hauled by in a logistics company. Right. So three 53-foot tractor trailers is what it takes to move this from city to city. That's like the traveling company of Phantom. <laughs> exactly. We, a lot of people joke around and say it's just the circuses coming into town. Yeah. <laughs> it's the wood circus. Yeah. But I would imagine these vendors, aren't they responsible for hauling their own stuff? 
you'd be amazed. There are a select few vendors that do, which means that they trailer in and trailer out. Right. But a lot of these vendors pack everything up into their own crates. We haul them for them. Yeah. That's why we have that, that amount of truckers trucking on the, you know, for the show is because of a lot of these vendors, they, they're like a helicopter vendors. They fly in and fly out. And yeah. We handle all their freight for them. So will it change much? Like if we catch you in Tampa or one of the other cities, you'll have completely different vendors with some, different tools. In some locations, we do get, you know, additional vendors. And in some locations, we lose some vendors. It just depends on who's wanting to go where. And I'll tell you, Tampa is turning into quite a big, like probably about the same size as this show. And that show used to be even smaller than this show. So I'm very excited to go there. It's just like St. Louis. We haven't been in four years. So we're really looking forward to Tampa. And then, you know, our last show of the season, which is in Nashville, that's probably going to be a smaller show than this just because the facility is smaller. And a lot of people have a couple of different other shows that they're doing. Yeah. So that'll just be the, the last show of the season, smallest, and it's also a new market for us. So. During the, the news break, I did a lap, and a lot of things that I saw really surprised me. Like, I didn't realize that pens were so much a part <laughs> of woodworking. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, we actually we support the Tunnel, Tunnel to Towers Foundation, which is uh, out of New York. It, it's... Um, for fallen firefighters and firefighters that worked on the days of 9-11 right. and their families. And so we actually promote that at every show, and it's a $15 charge at the show, and we actually have the wood-turning clubs come up and help people turn their very own pens. Yeah. But it's not just them. It's also one of the people that's involved at the front end of the show. She gets all the wood set, all the, all the tubes ready, and everything else glued up and ready to go so that those guys will have an easier work out of it that's just one of the aspects of pen turning at the show the next guy over that you can see here on the show floor is barry gross and he's a master pen turner he's very accomplished uh uh, published author um and he comes to every show and tries to teach people how to turn their very own pens and then of course he sells all the products for them yeah that was the last seminar and that went quite a while too (laughs) yeah it does and those people were very attentive to what's going on i don't have a lineup but how many different seminars will they there be covering so this show every day we have over 20 seminars and those span all sorts of different topics um the guy that's coming on before after me is actually going to be doing a lot of hands-on he has a um gizmo called the shaper origin which is a handheld cnc that he uses and he allows the uh audience to come up and give it a try yeah um he does a bandsaw clinic he does is that chuck bender yeah chuck bender yep so he does, you know, bandsaw clinic. That he does. Uh, uh, wh- what else do you do, Chuck? <laughs> Apparently, quite a bit. We're yeah. going to dig into that with yeah. him in the next so hour. He, him alone does, you know, two seminars per day. But his day, the the last seminars of the day are longer because he really wants to get the people involved. So people can come to the show, they can sync up with him, and he'll bring them around a whole machine, like a bandsaw or a joiner planer or how to cut dovetails. Yeah. And he's going to he's going to teach you right here on the show floor. But I saw a lot of pepper mills that mm-hmm. caught my attention, some etched wood things that are absolutely beautiful, plus the equipment to do that. I gave my wife a cutting board a few years ago, uh, which is funny because she doesn't cook. Um, but it had her grandmother's recipe for, like, banana bread or something etched in grandmother's handwriting wow that's on pretty the sweet. board oh i scored major points i'm sure you did 
but there's stuff here to make stuff like that. There's Absolutely. Tons of wood on this floor right now. Yeah, and pieces of just just wood. Mm-hmm. Some of it driftwood, some of it polished, but look like tabletops that are already finished. Mm-hmm. Um, so Species. Tons of species of wood. And species. while you're buying your wood, you can come right. and see uh, a seminar about wood literacy, meaning what is it all about? And that's right here on the show floor as well. You just chastised me, didn't you? I didn't. <laughs> Because you didn't say, you just said all kinds of woods, and I just said it's just a bunch of species. Species. That's all it is. So I guess you're a wood guy, too, or your heart, Actually, would, heart wouldn't be in this. Believe it or not, I'm more of a construction guy who fell into woodworking. Yeah. And so I probably built two pieces of furniture in my entire life, and I wouldn't share them with anybody. <laughs> if you asked McGraw to do a seminar, because I think it would hurt his feelings <laughs> if you don't. I have never asked McGraw to do a seminar, but through this whole process, in fact, I don't know if your listeners know that he was a big help in getting the yeah, show back Yeah, he told here. that story. Um, he, I now have his cell phone number, so it'll be easier to get in touch with him. Yeah. yeah ask him to do a seminar. <laughs> He's going to be really hurt. I'll do it. Or maybe you can tag along with one of these guys that's already here. Thanks for the party, Bryce. Oh, no worries. I really appreciate the time. We're going to stick around another hour. Good to see you. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, we mentioned the guy just a couple minutes ago, Chuck Bender. Going to meet him in a bit. And John Kionis, uh, a staple on ABC News. We'll visit with him as well. KTRS St. Louis. All right. So I imagine you'd like to know what we got going on. Well, we're with the woodworking show, but we brought a schmooze, not from Julie, but none other than Maximilian Foisy. That is right on the Hollywood schmooze today. Before we get to the news with John Carney, awarding to all of you would-be thieves out there, Hillary Swank. Would-be? Yeah. Would-be? Would-be. Very nice. Hillary Swank is not an easy mark. Back in 2013, Hillary was living in Paris, uh, as you do. One day, she was riding in a taxi, sitting in traffic, when a guy smashed the cab window, grabbed her purse, and took off. But then Hillary took off after him. On The View yesterday, she said she was most concerned about her passport, uh, not just because those are hard to get, but because uh, she said she'd added pages with all the places that she never traveled, and for her, it was meaningful. Now, the show had to wrap before she could finish the story, so we don't know if she got it back, but I bet she did, because, of course, she was the next Karate Kid. And the Million Dollar Baby, or Billion Dollar Baby. Wasn't she in that movie? Right. But As did a you, boxer? Did you watch that movie? No. Yeah, she didn't really, it wasn't really the best ending for that character. So I, she was the next no. Karate Kid before that. Spoiler. Back Sorry. in the day on February 23rd, 97 years ago in 1927, President Calvin Coolidge, you remember him, Carney. He signed, I voted for him. Yeah, he signed a bill creating the Federal Radio Commission, which is now known as the Federal Communications Commission. The name changed oh. in 1934. That really shackled me when they started. <laughs> yeah, be, before that, your show was off the chain. 84 yeah. years ago in 1940, Woody Guthrie. Woody Guthrie. Woody. 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 He wrote This Land is Your Land. It was released there in 1940. Uh, 30 years ago in 1994, Nancy Kerrigan came home with the silver medal from the Winter Olympics. And in a cast. Lilyhammer, Norway. Tanya Harding placed 10th but first in our hearts. You know, but still you have to ask the question, why? Why? 
24 years Why? ago, in the year 2000, Christina Aguilera won Best New Artist at the 42nd Annual Grammy Awards, and Santana won Album of the Year for what album, John Carnes? Supernatural. That's right, Supernatural. Why? Why? Birthdays. Still my favorite sounder. Birthdays today on February 23rd, Dakota Fanning. Guess how old Dakota Fanning is, John Carney? 30. You are exactly right. Wow. I'm shocked. Dakota Fanning Why? is 30. She was on The Alienist, The Runaways, uh, Twilight Movies, I Am Sam, War of the World, Charlotte's Web. Emily Blunt is 41. She is currently in Oppenheimer, nominated for Best Picture. Tom Bodette, the Motel 6 spokes legend. Yes, sure, he's left the light on. He's still alive. How old do you think Tom Bodette is? You got Dakota Fanning at 30. What about Tom? I'd put Tom Bodette at about 83. Oh, much younger. Much, much younger. He's hovering right around you. He's uh, 69. He also is a Garrison Keeler type character and does one of these homespun radio shows. Oh, wow. I did not know Everybody's that. got one. Ed Tutal Jones is 73. Of course, he's the Dallas Cowboys legend. He's six foot nine. That would make him too tall. Uh, today is National Tootsie Roll Day, and perhaps explaining why Julie Buck is not here, it's National Banana Bread Day. Okay, I get it. She's it's, trying to kill everybody. Uh, TV this weekend, Saturday Night Live is brand new on NBC. Shane Gillis hosts, and that's interesting because Shane Gillis is a comedian who was hired to be a cast member for SNL, and then homophobic jokes and tweets were discovered and SNL fired him and yet now they're bringing him back as a host. I find that very interesting. The musical guest is 21 Savage and if you've never heard 21 Savage before this is a clip of 21 Savage. No it isn't. I I knew it. It I knew you were going to do it. It didn't work. It seized up on me. And let me tell you something young man. I saw 21 Savage in concert. Wow. Boy, did I feel out of place. (laughs) He opened for Drake. Well, there you go. Terrifying. Okay. All right. I got some news to get to uh, before we continue what's happening here uh, at the woodworking show. So here it is. Former heavyweight boxing champion Mike Tyson urging Joe Biden to follow through on his commitment to correct our country's failed approach to marijuana and give clemency to thousands of nonviolent cannabis offenders still languishing in prison. Tyson said President Biden has a power to affect real change. And the president, upon hearing Mike Tyson's words, said he'd be happy to hear out the boxing legend and lend him his ear. Hello? It took me a minute. Anybody there? Capital One's potential acquisition of Discovery, or Discover, if you will, announced this week it would have a major effect on the competitive landscape for credit cards. The deal could make Capital One the largest issuer of credit cards in the country, on top of giving it access to Discover's valuable payment network. They also plan to change their slogan to what can we take out of your wallet? (laughs) No! Why? Why? The Swansea Fire Department along with police evacuating 52 homes due to an odor 
The first responders alerted about 7 o'clock on the 22nd. Swansea Fire Department notified earlier as well. The investigation of the neighborhood did show there were three white castles within five miles. Connect the dots, kids. Two more and I'm finished, I promise. Retired nurse and octogenarian Shirley Simpson has a new dream. Being involved in the Women's National Basketball Association. The 83-year-old started playing basketball last year to get in better shape after knee replacement surgery. And now she's the star of Grandma to WNBA, a series on TikTok. And just like NBA players, Nike is going to release a limited edition orthotic shoe in her honor. Yeah, nice. 83. Come on, these things don't write themselves. I, I kind of think they might. Finally. <laughs> yeah, this is AI jokes. <laughs> Police looking for information after an amputated finger was found at an Ohio Walmart. According to Sydney, Ohio Police... An officer responded to the Walmart for a reported amputated finger, and upon arrival, what appeared to be an amputated finger was found by the officer, who then took it to the coroner's office. They determined, yes, indeed, it was a human finger they believed belonged to a white woman. Authorities say no one's in custody, but the evidence points to one particular person. Oh, points. No, no. Because it's a finger. Oh, my Lord. This is a tough room. No, it I'm, took me a minute. I'm done. I'm done. I, got, I got nothing to add here but apologies. 2.15, back to a foul in Illinois at the woodworking show after these words. Can you see I love you? Please don't break my heart in two. That's not hard to do because I don't have a wood. Is he going to say something about wood? He just did. He said he has a wooden heart. This is Elvis Presley. Oh, really? Wow. Not in his best years. Anyway. Uh, number one hit. In what country? It's on the number one hits uh, record from Elvis. Wow. Well, not a fan. Anyway, <laughs> so what do you do? Uh, we are at, sorry, the St. Louis Woodworking Show, which is taking place at Gateway Classic Cars in O'Fallon, Illinois. And I will tell you this, you've got plenty of opportunities to come by. It goes tonight until 6 o'clock. Tomorrow, it'll go till 6 as well. And then Sunday, 10 to 3. Admission is 14 bucks. But it uh, gets you in on all of the seminars. I think Bryce said there's over 20 of them. And uh, one of the guys that is doing several seminars here this weekend is Chuck. He's right. Chuck. How's it going? Good. Where are you? Uh, where do you hail from? Uh, I'm weird little town called Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. Let me guess. It's where Joe Namath is from. It's not even where Jim Thorpe is from. Okay. <laughs> Explain that to me. So after Jim Thorpe passed away in the early 50s, um, 
that there were two towns that were in the Pocono Mountains that were looking to increase tourism. So they approached his third estranged wife. And I'm not exactly sure what deal they struck, but they got his remains. Um, so he's was even though he was never in either town while he was alive, he's buried there now. That's an amazing story. <laughs> it's like I wonder when I drive by Jesse James' hideout. It's like he's probably never there. Exactly. And it's not much of a hideout if you got a billboard. Yeah. That's so. me. Well, good story, Chuck. <laughs> so apparently you do things with wood and a lot. McGraw was absolutely starstruck <laughs> talking about you. Oh, he was? Wow. Yeah. It's funny because he, ju- he just walked over and he's like, Tommy, uh, who was on with him this morning, says, hey, you remember Chuck Bender? He goes, no. I'm like, I was on your show like six years ago. Well, McGraw's emotionally <laughs> unstable. You should know Clearly. that. Clearly. Um, <laughs> But I looked down the resume, and I don't know what these are, but the <laughs> Cartouche Award, mm-hmm. and there was a, another standing long jump award. At the, <laughs> I mean, I would imagine anything in woodwork that there is uh, a competition for. Uh, you got it. <laughs> well, you know, I, tr- I try my best. So what do you, you, your day job, are you an educator? Or yeah, at, th- at this point, or? yeah, pretty much at this point. Uh, I run a tiny little school out of my, uh, out of my workshop. I teach two or three people at a time and really tailor the, the education, uh, directly to those, the students. They can, they can modify the projects and learn what they want to learn. I have no ability to fix things, build things, draw stuff. That's just get the sparkling personality, but that was all they gave me. So have you ever had somebody come for a class that you just could not get to pick up what you were doing? No, no, not at all. We Usually all it really takes is just the desire to want to learn how to do something. I yeah. mean... You know, I, I was a professional furniture maker most of my life. I built 18th century reproduction furniture for people all over the country. Um, and, you know, once you learn a couple of core skills, it's all downhill. 18th century. Yeah. Why then? I mean, weren't they sitting down in the 13th century? <laughs> yeah, but if you look at that stuff, it's not very elegant. What is it about the 18th century? And I hear it a lot that, you know, that furniture is very valuable and coveted. Why? Um, well, particularly in this country, this, that was, you know, the formation of, our, of the colonies. And then after the revolution, you right. know, it was an expression of ourselves and our nationalism it was kind of it was kind of cool stuff so. were you a history buff to begin with or did you come at it from the woodworking angle uh a little of both i was always into history and then you know uh in junior high school we took a trip to colonial williamsburg and that's sort of sealed the deal yeah so it was kind of neat do you know how many chairs you've made in your life no cl- hundreds thousands <laughs> i'm not sure so if i went through your house chuck I won't. Thank you. I promise. I'll knock first. Yeah, we have an alarm system. It'll keep you out. Is there any furniture in your house that you didn't make? Uh, one or two things, yeah, but mostly, most everything. Because we were talking to a guy, not to put pressure on you, but we were talking to a guy earlier 
not only did he build everything in his home, but he built the Dale. Home. He built the home. Yeah, Dale's pretty cool. He's he's you know an excellent craftsman, and but you know. He lives way out in the middle of absolutely nowhere. You're in Jim Thorpe Adirondack. <laughs> but I'm an hour and a half from Philly, and I'm an hour and a half from Manhattan, so right. that's not so bad. I mean, he's an hour and a half from, like, a Dairy Queen. <laughs> a payphone. <laughs> a payphone. Yeah, wait a minute. Are there payphones anymore? I don't know. So <laughs> you're so close to Philly. Yeah. The cheese is cheese whiz, isn't it? Uh, on wit a Philly whiz. steak and cheese. Wit whiz. Yes. End of discussion. Wit Jesus. whiz. Yes. What's wit whiz? Wit is means with a front. Wit. Yeah. Well, yeah. no. W i t. There's no h. Um, and it that's with fried onions, and then the whiz is the cheese. Every place I get a Philly sandwich, it's like provolone. It's Swiss. I'm like, no. Yeah, exactly. You need the dripping, pouring right. cheese. Right, it's got to be cheese whiz. I want to get this all over my face. What are you teaching in the seminars this weekend? So I just finished up one that involved digital stuff. So I did very traditional furniture, lots of hand tool work and stuff like that, carbon bong cloth feet and stuff like that all my career. And I just did one where we included uh, some digital design and using the Shaper Origin, which is a handheld CNC router. Uh, this afternoon from 3 to 5, I'm doing a bandsaw clinic where I show people how to set it up and then teach them how to do it. Tomorrow afternoon, we do uh, hand-cut dovetails. I demonstrate how to hand-cut dovetails, and then anybody who wants to cut them, we're going to try and squeeze them in before the end of the show. And then on Sunday, we do a how, how to use a joiner and a planer. And you had mentioned the digital age, and I am just amazed, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Like 3D printers, yeah, making food products and making, you know, all all kinds of things you could imagine. So they make buildings with have, it. Has it come into uh, the woodworking world? Oh yeah, over the last ten years, uh, you know, if you go to some of the the large professional trade shows, it's almost all CNC work and stuff like that. So it's almost. All right, what CNC? I'm not really hip to the. <laughs> lingo. Uh, so they're, here in the hall, there's a company called Digital Woodworker, and what they have are these machines that have a router mounted to them. Yeah. And you load up the program, put your wood into the machine, and it sits there and it makes various parts. It can do carvings. It can make faces, and it can even carve bong cloth feet. Isn't that going to, like, put you out of work? No, not at all. Yeah? My, my clients were always looking for that handmade stuff you know i mean i wasn't competing with ikea at all what <laughs> so what's the most difficult thing you've built oh boy uh it it was probably a bombay uh secretary that we did for a client years ago she used to work at the station answering yes. the phone yes probably what's a bombay secretary uh, so the Bombay form is something that uh, originated in the colonies and uh, specifically in the Boston area. Yeah. Um, and the I'll do the hand motion, but they can't see it on the radio. I realize this is not television. No, I, I, so the, the sides come down and then they swell out at the bottom um, in like a curve. Like a pear-shaped person. Correct. But it's a pear-shaped piece of furniture. 
And it has the spindles too, right? No spindles. The no case spindles. goes that way, and then there's drawers that follow this, the, the shape of that thing. So, right. And then the upper part is a desk with a bookcase on top. Took, did you keep it, or was it Oh, a, no, it was made for... No, I, I didn't keep hardly any of the stuff I've made over the years. That's hard to pay your bills when you keep everything you make. So you mentioned dovetails. The other guy mentioned dovetails. I've yet to ask anybody what that was. Thought, well, I'll pick it up as we go along. I haven't. <laughs> have no. Well, you'll have to come over tomorrow from 2.30 to 6 o'clock, and not only will I show you what a dovetail is, but I'll get you up there and you can cut us it. Give me a, so what they, a finger. So what they are, <laughs> not on my watch. <laughs> um, so they're, dovetails are how they put drawers together um, in, in the late 17th all the way through the 18th century, uh, and they're sort of wedge-shaped things that, Fit together so that you can't pull the joint apart in one direction. If okay, if that kind of makes sense. I'm I'm actually following you. This is the first thing I've come. Well, to I am an educator. I do you know I try and make a living being able to communicate. It helps. <laughs> so you're going to do seminars today, tomorrow, and on Sunday. And on Sunday. Well, enjoy your uh, time here this weekend and safe travels back to uh, Jim Thorpe. Uh, Adirondack. Is that where it is? No, it's in the Pocono Mountains. That's same thing. They're all big hills. Um, where can people uh, read up on you? Maybe sign up for a class? Oh, uh, at my website, acanthus.com. A-C-A-N-T-H-U-S dot com. Hey, we know this guy. Dot com. All right, cool. I want to make sure I knew where to point people, but that sounds fun. Hey, Chuck, thanks so much for stopping by. Oh, you're welcome. Enjoy the show this weekend, and thanks for sharing your knowledge, too. My pleasure. It is 2.32. We've got to take a break. We'll be back in just a second. Monday, when we get together on the program, uh, Robbie Johar with us, part of KTRS Red, and uh, Moxie the dog. But I think we're going to have the dog owner on, because if we talk to the dog, it's going to be a one-sided conversation. Yeah. A little preview of that interview we do with Moxie. Heel. Heel. Uh, also, Marty Talk Sports with us, too. Back in a second from O'Fallon, but we got to uh, look out on the roadways. And I'm going to hit you with a rolled-up newspaper. Um, let's check in with Captain Paul. Captain K-Paso. Hello, John. There's a one-car crash on 70 East at Lucas and Hunt. Road work on eastbound 40 before Madison downtown has the right lane closed. There are stalled pickup trucks on the shoulder on northbound 270. One just past 64, another before Page. And planning ahead on 270 in North County, there will be east and westbound lane closures from Riverview to Lilac from 10 o'clock this evening until 3 o'clock Sunday afternoon. From the KTRS Traffic Center, I'm Captain Paul Kopsky on the Big 550 KTRS. All right. Back at it. Yeah, we're at Gateway Classic Cars in O'Fallon, Illinois, because... Not necessarily because of the cars. That's just kind of a bonus. It's St. Louis Woodworking Show going on all weekend. So I wasn't remotely surprised when I saw McGraw-Millhaven. 
Good morning, Sonny. <laughs> good morning, good morning. Um, so it's pretty fun, but I imagine you are a lot more excited than I am, but I love this Well, the, the the guy you had on earlier. Who's, Chuck? Um, yeah, the, the, the um, guy who does the uh, camps, the right. working camps. Yeah. He's got a beautiful, I mean, gorgeous green and green bar stool that he makes that yeah. go away for a class. Right. So I already put in for my vacation time. And there's actually, <laughs> we've talked to two guys here. Both of them do classes, but sadly, both of them are gone. This guy's in the Poconos. The first guy we had uh, was in somewhere in Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, that's the guy. So that's the guy, yeah. Um, you got to make the trip. But a green and green bar stool, was, he has it shown over at his booth. I mean, just beyond beautiful. I probably fell off one once. I've, I've tend to, yes, the ones that aren't made <laughs> as nicely as I make. But, look, it, it comes down to this. Everybody needs a hobby. We were built to work with our hands. And if, yeah. it's, if it's crocheting or knitting or sewing or cooking yeah. or woodworking, it's, it's good right. mental health. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, okay. And yeah. Any of that. $14 to get in, and that's good for the whole weekend. That's good for all the seminars. And I believe a few of these vendors are selling things, too, aren't they? Yeah, no, there's there's some woodworking shows or uh, woodworking clubs here in St. Louis that are here. Yeah. So you can join some of those. I mean, you don't need to be, you know, you don't need to be Tommy Mack to know what you to have fun. I want a new pepper grinder. And there's about six tables that have beautiful pepper Yeah, there's the St. Louis uh, Woodworkers Guild is selling them. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, My pens. Bit. You get to make some pens over here. Yeah, I didn't know how integral pens were in the wood business. Did you see this guy over here? The carving, the Midwest wood carvers. They wood carve. Yeah, the most beautiful Santas. Right. I mean, and the adorable. guy behind the table looks like Santa. He does look like Santa. I think in, he's in just February. doing a bunch of self portraits. <laughs> and this guy doing the seminar. This is at least his second one, and he's doing making pens. Yeah. No, it's it's, um, but those guys who carve those Santas, I mean, what a how cool would that be? Yeah, right. There, there's a lot of really interesting yeah. stuff. I here, told you I made. Sure. You, you saw the uh, crib I made for Emerson, right? I did. Yeah, right. I mean, that's you know, she'll have that forever. And I did. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of the show. Have a good weekend, McGraw. Does that mean I'm done? It does. Okay, I didn't know. It's all right. Thanks, Julie. <laughs> Love you. Yeah, you're welcome, Josh. Uh, John Quinones with us now from ABC News and the host of What Would You Do? And surely you've seen it. It's in its 16th season. John, welcome to the show. Can you believe that? Uh, Yeah, no. (laughs) When we started doing the show, we thought we'd run out of ideas. I mean, how many can you do? Uh, But here we are. We've done a thousand scenarios over the years. We took a break right. during COVID, but now we're back. Sunday night. And so many, so many people in TV that we talk to say, you know, we'll finish the season of a show, and we liked it, and we got good feedback, but they just have to kind of wait for a phone call to see if it got picked up for another season. And I imagine you don't really worry about that so much after 15 of them. Well, we did. I mean, we took a break during COVID. It hasn't been on the air uh, for four years because of COVID. Uh, we could the pandemic. You know, people we couldn't film people wearing masks. You can't see their facial reactions, which is a big part of the show, of course. Uh, but yeah, it was a surprise that the ABC said, "Really, we love it. Uh, it's been a big hit on social media." 
and on the internet, on YouTube, and you know, and, and on TikTok. And, and what I love about it is that young people really love the show. So here we are. And for the four people that maybe haven't seen the show, um, I I love it because it is so different than everything else being churned out because it takes a look at real questions, real issues, real problems. What's bothering you? How do you handle it? What do you, as opposed to here's another Kardashian shopping for a half an hour. Um, where do where yeah. do you come up with this? Do you have like a little test market? Uh, no, well, I mean, uh, the formula has worked now for, for 16 years. We did the first one was about a babysitter ignoring the child that she was supposed to be taking care of in a park. The question was, how do you tell her parents that the nanny, the babysitter, is doing a terrible job? She's on her computer, on her phone, listening to music, FaceTiming. Meanwhile, the kid is running off in traffic. So that was the very first one, and it just worked. It was part of 2020, and they uh, said, can you do other ones? And that's when we started the ball rolling, and here we are at 1,000. Look, at the heart of its show, uh, at its best, it's a reflection of where we are as a society at any given time. I mean, yes, these are divisive times in America, you know, but what would you do shows you that it's a valuable reminder that we do have a lot in common. You know, um, we wanted to hold up a, a mirror to society. We wanted to know, how do you unlock the power and the light that really does exist in every one of us so that we're better equipped to say, you know, that's wrong, or how can I help? It truly is the ultimate test of character, what we do, not when everyone's watching, but when no one is watching. It's back again. What would you do? It's host, John Quinones, joins us now on the broadcast and, I mean, a lot of these questions that you guys tackle are things that, like, you've climbed into my head. You've answered a lot of the questions that I have. I, often I've wondered, how on earth does somebody who's about to get married and professing their love, and, yes, I want to spend my life with you, but you need to sign this document. It's a prenup. A week, and you do it. Week, you go after a it. Week, a week before the wedding. No. A week before the wedding, yeah, it says, uh, listen, I need to sign this or else we're not going to get married. If you're seeing this, what advice would you have for the bride to be? And we filmed this one in Nashville, Tennessee, the unofficial bachelorette capital of the world. And the, the reactions we captured are, are, are just remarkable. And you'll see them uh, Sunday night. We also did a homeless scenario. You're at a restaurant and the bartender's kicking out the homeless person who simply wants a meal. And she's asking for something to eat, right? We did it with a man yeah. before. Well, this time, and we, as we often do, John, we twist things around, and this is a woman now. If it's a woman, will people step up? Will they step up more than they did with a guy or, or not? And we also have Sarah Haynes for the first time from The View uh, contributing as a correspondent, and Kamal Bell, uh, the comedian, uh, who's also contributing four pieces. I'm doing the bulk of them. I'm doing 30 pieces or so, but... It'll be fun to try, you know, Sarah Haynes doing the female perspective in Iowa, breastfeeding in public. What if somebody's complaining about a woman breastfeeding? You know, uh, do you defend her or do you stay out of it? We often find that women do a better job, by the way, than men. Women are much quicker to respond. Maybe it's the maternal instinct. I don't know. So with these findings you get, 
tells us a little bit about people and how they behave. I would think this information would be not only entertaining to the viewer, but invaluable to maybe some government agencies or the educational system. Do you share this stuff? Well, look, we don't pretend that it's scientific because it's not. We, you know, I like to tell people we're not giving you the pie about how, about how America feels these days about all these issues, but we're giving you a slice of the pie, right? We're giving you a little indication. But it, it really is indicative of what happened that day uh, at that particular you know, restaurant that given day. Um, it, it doesn't reflect all of you, but, it, but it, it does give you an idea. And, yes, we share it. Schools colleges, high schools throughout America use our scenarios in, in, their, uh, in their psychology classes and their sociology classes. I hear from them all the time. And I, it works as a, as, a, as a very interesting perspective, you know. The bottom line is yeah. you know, our lives and, and uh, the health of our society depends on how we treat each other in those minute interactions of life. And that's what the show does. It reminds you uh, that, that there are good and it kind of restores every one of our scenarios does restore your faith in America because there's always someone. It may take a while to get there, but there's always someone who steps up and it's often the person you would least expect and does it in such a touching, remarkable way. And it's yeah. always different. I got to tell you, it's never boring to do the show. I've, I've done a thousand scenarios. I still love being behind the scenes of fly on a wall. Yeah, I've always asked that of people that do true crime shows and things like that, that being exposed to these deviants, how do you maintain any optimism for mankind? But, you know, you're able to find the good in folks, and there's just not enough of that. No, uh, I think that's the part of the reason of the success of the show is that we're willing to, to make you smile at the end of the day. But also keep in mind that these people that you're asking questions to are on television. And I would think when you put a TV camera in front of somebody and they know they're going to be on TV, you might not be getting what's really in their head. Have you been able to discern pretty quickly who's full of it and who's genuine? Well, we've already seen, you know, when I, by the time I interview them, we've seen what they did. Uh, without me being there. So uh, is that what you mean, uh, the way they try to they explain their way out of uh, the behavior they yeah, showed? exactly. Yeah. Uh, the, well, it, it is heartwarming that more often than not, people will say, look, I did not get involved. You're right. You caught me not getting And Looking back now, I, I really I see the value of this. And, and next time, now whether you believe them or not, next time I will say something. Uh, many times people don't want to get involved at all, don't want to talk to me. And they'll, if they didn't do the right thing, uh, you know, they will flee. They'll run out of the restaurant. Um, they just don't want to be, they just don't want to be questioned about how they, they're ashamed of how they behaved. And there's also a funny incidents like the one time we were interviewing a, a couple who stepped in and stopped a, a drunk from getting driving away in his car. He was an actor, of course. But he was acting very drunk, falling down, dropping his keys. He was about to get in his car and drive down the highway, endangering his life and the life of his little boy and, of course, innocent people on the highway. Some people stepped in to stop him, right? Other people did not, and they let him go on the highway. But 
One couple stopped in beautifully. They, a middle-aged couple at the bar, they went up to him. They took away his car keys. They settled him down. They got him some coffee. They told the bartender. He was an actor, of course. They told the bartender not to serve him anymore, and it was beautiful. So I came out, and I said, hi, guys. I'm John Quinones. That was remarkable what you did. That was beautiful. What an example for America. Just sign this release. We can use you on the show. And they said, no, uh, I'm, we're not going to be in your show. And I said, but wait a minute, you, you did the right thing. You know, there's nothing to be ashamed of. You did exactly the right thing and a multiple of right things. Why? Please, please tell me why didn't you? Don't you want to sign? Why won't you be on camera? And they said to me, because I'm not married to her and she's not married to me. <laughs> <laughs> Different ethical question altogether. Exactly. John right. Quinones. Do, do the right thing about one thing, but not so much the other. Right. What would you do? It's back again for season 16. John, thanks for the work and thanks for the time. Thanks, John. Pleasure being All with right, you. Be well. Be well. What a great idea. I mean, it's one of those things where after you hear about it and it's already something out there, you're like, why didn't I think of that? What a great story at the end, too. Hey, we're not married. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that or I imagine, you know, there are some people that might have been lawbreakers and are trying to maintain a low profile and don't necessarily we don't want to be on camera, you know. We're at the Woodworking Show. Maybe you are, too. We've met a lot of uh, listeners that have come by. The first listener that came by and said hello was from Evansville, Indiana, and listens on the app. So... Make the effort. It's not that hard. KTRS.com. Download the app. You can listen to any of the shows anytime you want, too, because this program, when it's over, Max throws it up online, and you can enjoy it whenever you want to. It's uh, 2.51. We'll uh, run down the schedule here one more time, let you know what's going on in just a bit, and take a look at Monday's broadcast as well. Um, it's the Carney Show live from the St. Louis Woodworking Show in O'Fallon, Illinois. We return in a moment. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? A woodchuck Who you're going to see at a woodworking show. A oh, that's a good one, Maxie. So he's been brought up a couple times on the show today. He was brought up yesterday on the show. When his sister-in-law called and uh, played along with us with the game. And now the man himself sitting right in front of me. I am starstruck. It is Roger Boyd, founding member of Head East. It is great to see you. Do you know, I was trying to... Did we first meet in 1970 when you were TAO? No, we met when I was at military school in Indiana. Oh, yeah. I remember that. In 1976. And you guys let me on the band bus, and I can't share any more of that story. <laughs> That's correct. I was thinking when we met, when we could talk about it. But, yeah, you were uh, sidelined to the military academy Yeah, because uh, uh, you were incorrigible. I was, I was yes. terrific. So you're still doing shows. How do you still have plan? Just in the summertime. Yeah. And right now, unfortunately, we're kind of on a hiatus a little bit. Our lead singer's wife has uh, stage four 
ovarian cancer. No. And my brother, one of my brothers has a, a brain tumor. So we're, you know, we're kind of on hold addressing that. But we still have some stuff, uh, you know, some stuff this summer. And as everybody's health, it gets better. But we just brought out, this is my last record. It's called Full Circle because it has been full circle after 50 years. And um, so Cleopatra Records, they wanted us to do a remake of a bunch of the songs from Flat. 50 years old, John. Can you Flat. believe it? Flat and that diner's pen. still there in Olivet, isn't it? Go see it all the time. People go in there all the time. and go, oh, wow. Yeah, the Olivet Diner. It's called the Olivet Diner now. It used to be the right Flat way. Flat as a pancake. And I don't, and know if you, I don't know if you remember this, but I have a gold record of it. Yes, you do. They gave to us a KXK, and I had you guys sign the back of the gold record, and I don't remember who it was in the band, said, I don't even have one of these. <laughs> <laughs> but as uh, Shelly Graffenbach said there, what do you mean reporting it, report, or playing it? I'm reporting it. Yeah. So it was the, you guys that played it that broke it and made it big. Is this, uh, is this available? Yes, on Cleopatra Records and Tapes. Is that, and it's in vinyl as well. And I recognize every single one of the songs. Well, yeah, I'll pop this in on the way home. I have a CD player. I'm that old. It's one of our best. It's one of the best sounding records we did, and it's my last. No, it's not. You'll do it again. I'm 75. I know, but you'll need the money. You burn right through it. Well, maybe in my younger days. Soup Grandis told me 100 times he's quitting the Daredevils. But sure enough. Well, that's true. out on the road. (laughs) Yeah. But it's wonderful to see you. I don't get to see you often enough. And, uh, you know, I know you've had a couple of health scares, too, with a couple of hard things. It was a cold. I'm good. I'm good. Roger, you made my weekend. Uh, and everybody that came by and said hello, you also made my weekend. But uh, we got to step aside for Josh and Heidi. I will tell you the St. Louis Woodworking Show continues through the weekend. It'll be going through Sunday afternoon. Come over, see your friends, make some new friends, and check out all the wood stuff that they have as well. So fun. Roger, I'd love seeing you. That was the best. Um, we're going to go back on Monday in the studio. Julie will be back with us, too. This is KTRS St. Louis. Max, thanks for all the help. You too, Luis. I'm John Carney. Thank you for listening. Our auction is online. CarneysKids.org. Be good to each other.